Last week, I caught up with Lisa Fenton in our Woman in Supply Chain series. Lisa talks to me about taking some time from her supply chain career to take care of her babies and how she transitioned back into the workforce, plus what you need to know going into a negotiation and making the most out of your supply chain career. If you missed that episode, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 92. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today I'm in Detroit working on a special project with Open Sky Group who was on the show back in episode 80. Make sure to check out their episode to find out more about their story before we reveal and release this project in the new year. So what do you know about chassis? Many may not realize this but they are an essential component of your logistics and transportation funnel. Today I am excited to share with you a company that is bringing a collaborative opportunity to the industry to help increase the amount of equipment available when it's needed. But first, let's get a look at the question of the week. So the question we asked was, how can we make a difference in the gender gap? Well, over on LinkedIn, um, Rob Morris, he says, in the part of the industry where I am working, When it comes to pay, there is no gap. And as for the number of females to males working, everything is changing and that gap is slowly closing up. As a dispatcher, I get to work with a lot of different types of people and it is awesome. Thanks for weighing in, Rob. We've also got Derek. He says, I think the first thing is education. Education on personal bias and how we unintentionally let bias impact our decisions. Schneeha says, I can't agree more that education is of prime importance. I also think that we haven't been speaking on this for a long, we've been speaking of this for long now and we need to take action to close the gap. Johan Strom, the boring yet positive answer is to wait. Natural selection will take care of it when the men in the suits who hire men in suits are no longer working. I think we are heading in the right direction. Lisa Fenton, find a way to tie KPIs to sponsorship within a company. Awesome. All really, really great responses. And thank you so much for everybody, you know, tuning into the question of the week every single Wednesday on LinkedIn. Twitter and Instagram, make sure to be a part of the conversation over there. 
So today's episode, Mike Wilson of CCM joins me to tell you all about why chassis are so important, what it means for your business and how they are changing the way things are done in this sector of the industry. They have put together a collaborative pool to ensure that equipment is available whenever you need it, elevating constraints on shippers and service providers. Let's get to know a little bit more about Mike before we get to know more about CCM. Mike Wilson is currently Chief Executive Officer for Consolidated Chassis Management. Prior to joining CCM, Mike was Senior Vice President of Business Operations for Hamburg Sud, where he was responsible for all marine and terminal operations, equipment and intermodal, finance and accounting, information technology, human resources, and administration. Mike has 39 years of experience in international shipping, where his past duties have included senior positions in logistics, operations, and customer service, covering a geographical scope that includes North America, Europe, Central America, the Caribbean, and North Coast of South America. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's great to be here. Yeah, we originally met at Intermodal Expo, and I am really excited to share your story with our listeners. So why don't we just get started and tell us about the story behind the brand? Well, thank you again uh, for joining. It was, uh, it was a pleasure joining you at Expo, and I look forward to our conversation today. So CCM was developed about 10 years ago by the Ocean Carriers Equipment Management Association as an entity to manage chassis on behalf of the ocean carriers. So it was really an opportunity for ocean carriers to put their fleets together and put their management together to create an operation that drove what was really momentum synergies into, into the chassis operation, both in terms of cost as well as administration. And it really was the, the first step into what we see now as the interoperative grade chassis pool network. That's great. And chassis are super, super important to supply chains. So I'm really excited that we're talking about this today because I think that it is a part of the industry that kind of goes unnoticed. Yeah, I think so as well. I, you know, People recognize that chassis are an important part of the supply chain, I think, oftentimes only when they're not around or there's a problem with them. And sometimes they are taken for granted, but I can tell you that CCM has been putting a lot of focus on chassis for the past 10 years, and we're excited about continuing and moving forward into the future with CCM. Great. So let's talk about what exactly do you do? So for our audience that, you know, knows about chassis, you know, might need a little bit more information about that and also some information about exactly what you do so we can we can share that with the listeners and they can see how important it is to their supply chains. I appreciate that. So CCM is a chassis management company. We do not own the assets. We manage the assets on behalf of the contributors and the ocean carriers. And what this allows is for a great chassis fleet to exist in numerous parts of the country where anytime a box comes off of a train or off of a ship, it can use any chassis that's available in the network. Additionally, motor carriers have the option of using that chassis freely within the network as well. So it creates fluidity within the supply chain while also creating efficiencies as far as on the operating side. 
Back when we initiated CCM, we recognized that by pooling the chassis, we were able to operate at about a 25% less asset base than what had originally uh, been in place for moving the cargo containers. So not only is there synergy from a from an operating standpoint in terms of fluidity, there's also savings relative to the overall fleet size. And eventually, if, if you take it to the next step, the more efficient the operation runs, the lower carbon footprint is produced. So it's a very sustainable and it's probably the most sustainable chassis provision model in, in, the, uh, in the industry. That's amazing because we talk about sustainability. I mean, I hear about sustainability a lot, plus also the carbon footprint. And so it's great to know that there's an option out there. But I want to find out from you because you brought up a really good point. You know, what was the traditional model? The traditional model was that every line had their own chassis to put under their own boxes. So you can imagine uh, an ocean terminal that services 10 or 12 different steamship lines Every steamship line had to have enough chassis to make sure that the freight moved off the ships and out the gates. So there was a proliferate amount of chassis on the facility. Over time, we recognized that by sharing chassis, not dissimilar to how lines share uh, vessel space, that we could find ways of reducing the fleet while also getting a better focus on chassis management as a core enterprise within the supply chain. And that's where CCM came into play. OSEMA developed CCM to really put focus on chassis management and to drive the efficiencies into into the network. And it's proven out to be very successful. Yeah, and I think there's been some, you know, challenges, especially for shippers, um, you know, not being able to find availability of equipment. Is that a really big challenge in the industry? And is your solution sort of taking care of that? I believe that there are um, situations where chassis availability is a significant challenge. And typically that happens around, let's call them surge events, whether they're uh, weather surge events or or labor disruption surge events or just, you know, vessels uh, bunching up for whatever reason. So whenever there's a surge of cargo, there's always a challenge in finding enough chassis to handle that surge. But uh, typically, the CCM network, and we can use an example on the South Atlantic when when Dorian hit back back a few months ago, we were able to identify where the chassis surpluses were sitting, and we moved them into position ahead of the actual storm hitting, and that facilitated cargo movement after the storm passed. And working with our our port partners and with with our drayage partners in the South Atlantic, we were able to accommodate a, a, a turning of the chassis in a much more efficient way. So I think, you know, CCM being a, a manager overseeing the entire network was a benefit in assuring that we were able to respond to that, uh, that surge event. Absolutely. And those challenges actually have huge effects on the rest of the supply chain, right? So if you're not able to um, find a chassis to be able to get the container off the train, to be able to send to the distribution center, it just, the whole chain of events, the whole delivery model distribution kind of falls apart, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because people don't usually look at these knock-on effects, but you can imagine that if, if truckers are are moving chassis around instead of moving cargo around they're taking up much needed capacity in the truck network and it, it affects the overall supply chain fluidity so when you're operating in an interoperable model 
you know, the ability to flex the fleet in terms of the trucker can use the chassis for any box, the terminals can use the chassis for any box. It allows for a lot more fluidity in the supply chain, and it makes it a bit easier for all the participants, whether they're terminals, truckers, or the cargo owners to get the freight out of the containers, onto the docks, and out into the distribution centers. So I think it really adds value from that perspective relative to fluidity. Absolutely. Now we're going to come back to, you know, your ideal client and a few more examples in a little bit, but corporate culture is really, really important um, in today's business, but also in supply chain because we're trying to attract new talent to the industry and get people really excited about supply chain. So I want to ask you, you know, what attracted you to work for CCM? Well, I have to be honest, I've been involved in chassis for quite a long time. I was part of the original group that put together the initial chassis pool in New York at Mar Terminals. I was part of the original Hampton Roads chassis pool back in the late 90s. And I've been involved with CCM since its inception. So it's become very, very much a part of my life. And I've, and I've, I've enjoyed it, actually. It's been a challenge. It's never perfectly easy, but uh, the challenges are there. And being able to work with a, a cross group of, of individuals and collaborate with people from more parts of the industry is really enjoyable. And, and I like working in that fashion because I find that that's where the best answers and the best opportunities come. Well, I love collaboration. Anybody who listens to my show knows that I always say that collaboration is the future of business. And so I love that you said that. But um, when we look at you know CCM as a company, it sounds like you're really looking into the future of the industry and you're really innovating and making sure that you know things run smoothly for all of the players, all of the different parts of the supply chain. So can you tell us a little bit about that? and how the um, the pool idea sort of came about? Yeah, I think, I think you know, when chassis were originally uh, out into the marketplace with the individual lines operating the chassis, there, there were so many different operating, let's call them theories or modes or plans, and it really was a disjointed approach to, to operating, whether you're operating an ocean terminal or rail terminal or, or if you're a motor carrier. So the idea for CCM was to not to be an asset owner trying to facilitate usage on an asset, but more so a real collaborator, bringing all the parties together, the railroads, the terminals, the M&R vendors, the lines, the chassis providers, into a network that could be managed in a way that all stakeholders were considered important parts of that operation. And we take care to make sure that each stakeholder is represented and and. and and is given an opportunity to operate in an efficient way. So I think that the fact that CCM is a neutral manager adds value in that we're not trying to drive any one agenda and any one outcome. We're trying to be the facilitator of the most successful chassis provision model in the marketplace. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point about the fact of how many different players there are just in this space and this part of supply chain and bringing everybody together to work in a collaborative environment to make sure that, you know, everybody wins. So let's talk a little bit about who your ideal client is. Who Who is that? Um, when or why would they call and work with CCM? Well, ideally, the, the ultimate cargo owner, the BCO, is is the is the is the individuals we're trying to serve and to make sure they have uh, an efficient model to work with. 
So when when developing a chassis pool, we try to represent the overall supply chain relative to fluidity, and that's driven by a chassis fleet that's what we call interoperable. And interoperability means the ability to use any chassis under any box in any circumstance. So when you talk about a, a, a top client or a key client, it's hard to, to put our finger on any one client, but it really is our goal to provide the supply chain with the most efficient and fluid chassis operation possible. And I think that's what we're driving towards and that's what we're trying to represent. Yeah, and I think that the BCOs having a better understanding of how you know, chassis traditionally have worked, how that process has worked, and how it could be and the changes that it would make to their supply chain. I think that um, they would be that voice to say to the partners and the people that they're working with or downstream of their supply chain to really say, hey, you know, we know this um, this is out there. We know that CCM is out there. We really, really like what they're doing. We know that it can bring that 25% efficiency. So it's really important for them to voice that opinion and to bring that forward, I think, right? I think so as well. And, and we've seen some of that recently down in Memphis with the with the Memphis Supply Chain Group uh, trying to bring together all the stakeholders in Memphis to develop an interoperable solution down there. Unfortunately, there's there are three separate pools down there, and uh, the lack of interoperability is is seen acutely in that marketplace. And I think that the BCOs are are voicing their opinions as to their desires and their needs to have a fully interoperable solution. Yeah, so it's really, really important for BCOs to get involved and have their voices heard through some of those associations. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah, and we encourage that. I, I think that the more, as you said earlier, the more collaboration, the more we get together with all the stakeholders in the supply chain and we identify the concerns or the challenges, we're able to put our heads together and come up with solutions that work for everybody. Absolutely. So you gave us an example um, about Dorian and how you know you were able to help reduce some of those times, the wait times, the delay times by bringing some of the availability of the chassis over to the location that really needed it. Do you have another maybe real life example of how you've helped a customer and what did it mean for their business as in maybe ROI or benefits? Well, if you look at some of the other chassis pools that we operate, uh, you may recall in, in the Midwest last year, they had uh, the Polar Vortex and uh, a lot of the operating facilities really were, were frozen, <laughs> literally frozen. So CCM, as a chassis operator, we were committed to trying to do our best to make sure that our customers knew where chassis were available that were fully functional and what facilities were operating and able to take cargo in and out so that we can make sure that we did our best to facilitate as much fluidity as we could. Uh, in times like that, you know, it's, it's more or less trying to find the opportunities, much like a needle in a haystack, and trying to offer them up to the, to the stakeholders so they can find some opportunities to, to move their freight. Absolutely. And you talk about, you know, the 25% efficiencies that you bring back to this part of the supply chain. Um, are there any other benefits of CCM to the supply chain? Can you talk a little bit more about maybe you have some of those numbers? Absolutely. I think it's important to recognize first that it, everything flows off of the interoperable solution. 
And when I talk about 25%, that was initially the fleet reduction that was possible at the at the HRCP pool. And similarly, we see those same fleet size reductions as we uh, introduced uh, interoperable pools throughout the country. I think also when you look at an interoperable pool and all the chassis are gray, we're able to reduce the number of chassis that have to be repositioned or put into place in order to uh, facilitate cargo discharge from trains or from terminals. You can imagine if everybody's running a separate pool, you could have a bare chassis running in one direction and you can have a bare chassis running in another direction because they don't really work together. In a CCM interoperable pool, we have full visibility on all the imbalances and we're able to optimize those imbalances to save money. Additionally, when we look at the maintenance program, we coordinate maintenance of the assets generally, and we try to make sure that we keep the out-of-service levels low. In some other pools, out-of-service levels fluctuate based on demand, and all that does eventually is it creates a latent problem of availability once demand comes back. So our approach is simply to make sure that we're as efficient as possible in operating the maintenance programs to make sure those chassis are kept safe and roadworthy and ready to go once the demand returns. So those are a few more. Yeah. And I've, so I've got a couple of questions here. One is, you know, when you talk about maintenance of a chassis, what does that look like and how important is it to, you know, this component? Um, And then I want to ask you about the carbon footprint and the sustainability part of it. So maybe we'll talk about the maintenance first. Sure. I think a good example of this hour is looking at the SACP2 or our new uh, pool operation in the South Atlantic. It's really an evolution of the prior South Atlantic chassis pool. And what we've agreed is that all chassis in that pool would receive upgrades. And if you look at the maintenance of a chassis, the the top three issues that exist whenever you talk about maintenance are tires, brakes, and lights. That composes about 80% of the maintenance cost in any given time. So what we decided to do was to upgrade the entire fleet in the South Atlantic to have radial tires, which are much better for wear and tear and much safer when it comes to uh, reducing the blowouts, to put uh, LED lights, which are far more reliable and far more capable of of sustaining any type of impact. And thirdly, we're going to be installing anti-lock brakes on all the chassis. Now, this was a program agreed to between the ports, the lines, uh, the equipment providers, and CCM, and we're already well into that. And we hope that by the end of 2021, the entire fleet will have radials and LED lights. And we believe by the end of 2023, the entire fleet will have anti-lock brakes. It does take time because there are nearly 60,000 chassis in that pool. Wow. And it's so it sounds like you're the driving force behind sort of a safety initiative as well with the chassis, which, you know, is not something that's necessarily top of mind for everybody, but it is really, really important as they're on the roads with everybody as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but I, I can't take full credit for it. Our equipment provider partners, as well as our lines, are very cognizant of safety, uh, as are the ports, as are the vendors that we use. So this has always been an important aspect of what we do. And we work with the Federal Highway Administration to, to audit our fleet 
processes to make sure that we're repairing them according to standard. And we put a lot of attention on auditing ourselves internally to make sure that uh, our vendors are keeping the repairs up to standard as well. Yeah, and maybe something for our community to think about when they're looking to work with different partners uh, within the supply chain, especially chassis partners or even the steamship lines, things like that, that they are you know, aware of the safety issues and that they're putting it as an importance. So you also spoke about earlier, you spoke about the carbon footprint and the sustainability um, and that you are really a driving force behind that when it comes to the chassis pools and um, this part of the industry as well. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits? Like what, what does that look like? What can we expect to see? Sure. I'll give you some practical examples. Uh, in an interoperable pool, as I said earlier, all the assets are shareable. All the assets can be used for any container. In a non-interoperable pool, that is not the case. So you can imagine a, a rail operator who needs to discharge a train, and he's working with a single chassis pool like CCM. He can go out into the yard, get a chassis, put it under the box, and go park the box in the yard. If it's a non-interoperable pool and there are three, maybe four different chassis pools on that facility, that driver has to go out and find the right chassis to put under that right box. He can't just go out and get any chassis. So he's taking more time to find a chassis. The lift operator is wasting more time waiting for him to return. The entire train operation slows down. So there's a loss in efficiency on the rail side. And you can imagine that loss in efficiency drives longer motor hours, longer engine hours, which is a, a longer fuel burn, which puts carbon into the atmosphere. So obviously, if we can reduce that by being more efficient with an interoperable pool, that drives down the carbon footprint. Now, similarly, on the other side of the gate where the truckers are in play, if a trucker has to bring a chassis back to the other private pool, as opposed to being able to keep a chassis and use it for any of his many moves he makes in one day, then there's a lot of bare chassis splits going on outside the terminal to bring chassis back and to pick chassis up before the motor carrier can get the box. So what that does, again, it slows the motor carrier down. It burns more diesel fuel as the motor carrier is shuttling around the town or the city to get the right chassis for the right box. And that's putting more carbon into the air. So with an interoperable pool, that motor carrier does not have to hook up. He does not have a chassis split. He can use the same chassis for any box in the network, and it makes it much more efficient. And one of the, one of the icings on the cake for that is that with this interoperable pool, it reduces the volume of activity through the terminal gates. So there's a lot less wait time hmm. getting in and out of the terminals, again, reducing the carbon output from diesel engines. I love that. And I love to hear how companies are not only looking to, you know, innovate, disrupt certain parts of the supply chain, but at the same time, they're also keeping carbon footprint, reducing carbon footprint and sustainability top of mind. And, you know, it's really important. It's really important to not only the supply chain professionals of today, but it's also important to the supply chain professionals of tomorrow. And that's the type of thing that they want to be seeing from companies in the industry. So congratulations on that, because I think that that is a huge win and um, something that is very, very important 
to the industry and the future of the industry as well. So we also spoke about um, BCOs having a voice, going to associations, that kind of thing. But how does supply chain professional go about incorporating CCM into their supply chain strategy? Well, in, in a CCM pool, uh, we have very low barriers to entry. So if, if, if a BCO wants to have uh, chassis, if he wants to contribute chassis into a CCM pool, they can contribute chassis and become part of the interoperable solution. If their motor carrier wants to contribute chassis into the CCM pool, they can become part of the interoperable solution. What we also offer as part of our general provision strategy the opportunity for what's called choice, which means uh, a BCO can choose who his provider is off of the CCM network if he wants to have a specific provider providing his chassis. So it gives the BCO sort of decision-making opportunity in selecting a chassis provider. And that gives them sort of the, the ability to really drive uh, the kind of efficiencies that they want to see in their operation. Absolutely. And it gives them some control, whereas traditionally they might not have had that control and have just had to deal with the delays and the issues and the challenges that have come up. Yes, yes. All right. So let's talk about the future. You've mentioned it a couple of times. It sounds like, you know, CCM is, like I said, an innovator in the industry. So what's next for CCM? What does the future look like? I believe that the interoperable solution, which is the foundation of how CCM operates, is by far the most efficient chassis provision model out there. But if we look at where CCM is today, we have opportunities in other geographic parts of the country to become part of the chassis provision solution discussions that are taking place. So there are discussions in, in, in Southern California about how chassis provision can be more efficient. There are talks about the Northeast where chassis provision can be more efficient. So CCM is available to start to look at other pooling areas that want to incorporate the interoperable model and uh, haven't yet had the opportunity to do so. So we believe that in the future, as interoperability moves forward, which again, if, if you look at the most efficient possible model out there across many facets of the business, whether it's for a shipper or a BCO or a line or a railroad, whether it's about turn times faster, better cargo flow, supply chain fluidity, or if it's about putting less carbon into the air, the interoperable solution is the answer. And I think going forward, we all need to migrate towards that in some fashion in order to really deliver the efficiencies and the reliability and sustainability that we're all looking for. Yeah, and also give control back where it hasn't been um, there traditionally. And I think that that's what BCOs, shippers, companies are really looking for, as well as that collaborative opportunity to really make their supply chain successful, because that is the future of business as well. When your supply chain is successful, then your business is successful as well. So it is companies like CCM that are helping to change and shape our industry for the future with a heavy emphasis on collaboration they are bringing availability and efficiency we could only dream about before. For more information about Mike, CCM, and this episode, please visit letstalksupplychain.com 
forward slash season two dash episode 93 or their website at ccmpool.com. Thank you to Lisa and the team at CCM for making this episode happen. And thank you, Mike, for joining us on the show today and sharing your story. It's been my pleasure, Sarah. Thank you very much. If you like this episode, be sure to check out the episode I did with Ayanna in Season 2-Episode 72 next week. Gear up because I am talking to Grant Taylor about human trafficking. Yes, we are talking about human trafficking and supply chains. What it means in supply chains, how you as a supply chain professional can help, and what he is doing, the organization that he is putting together to help fight this really, really important issue. So check out that episode next week. Thank you so much for all your support, but there's a few other ways that you can help support the show. Follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube, the SC Supply Chain TV, so you don't miss out on any of the video content that we have coming out every single week. And also subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an upcoming episode. Next, go to ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com. If you are a mid-market shipper, if you are a forwarder, you want to know about the platform that we have coming out. So go to ships.com and you will be one of the first to know about what we have been working on. Next, go to shops at let shop at letstalksupplychain.com. We have got everything for the supply chain professional in your life this holiday season. You're going to see some amazing shirts, some sweaters. We've got cell phone accessories and even some mugs for supply chain management professionals as well. So that's under shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Next, rate and review the show. Go to iTunes and review the show and you will be featured on an upcoming episode. Plus, I just love hearing the feedback from the community, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much for all your love and support. And remember, everybody, ship happens. <laughs>